front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalu. Ten oh one here in H Town. Welcome into In the Trenches Sports Talk seven ninety. Chris Gordy here with you. Indy's out today. He is. Uh, well, some people are observing the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Our company is technically a company holiday, and everybody, for the most part, most people are working. But uh, our offices are kind of empty. But I uh, believe Indy was going to the parade with his family, so uh, hope he enjoys that. But we're with you for the next two hours, talking all things sports. And uh, Ross Villarreal is actually going to jump in with us in hour number two. So we'll get a little bit extended sports RV. we got Noah is here with us. And uh, bottom of this hour, excited we're going to head down the road, down I-10 to New Orleans, catch up with my buddy Larry Holder, longtime uh, Saints uh, reporter, and now covering the national NFL landscape for the athletic but want to get his thoughts. He co- he's covered Sean Payton since he got to New Orleans. So curious to hear his thoughts on a possibility of him in Houston. What would that look like? And uh, as well as the Texans interviewed Jonathan Gannon again for the third time over the weekend. Pretty sure you got everything you need to know about Jonathan Gannon if you want to hire him or not. So yeah, what's changed since last year to this year? Well, it was like it was so funny because Aaron Wilson's story on it was like about how impressed they were, and man, he was he was he he had a home run or grand slam. He had an out of the park, or all the reports with the with the interview process last year, and yet it sounds like it was the final two were him and Josh McCown, and at the end of the day they were going to go with Josh McCown. So I don't understand how he could hit it out of the park. And then you're, and then you go. Well, but we're still going to go with the inexperienced guy who's never coached a day in his life over him. And then, of course, we know what happened when they were ready to hire Josh McCown. That's when the Brian Flores lawsuit came out. And then they were like, "Man, this would be a bad look." And then they went, "Ah, love it, you do it." And that's what they did. But nonetheless, like you got everything you need to know about Jonathan Gannon. And again, if we're going to keep putting out reports, man, they are so impressed with him. Man, this guy's so good. They're making the damn head coach. Like, what are we waiting for? Why are we pussyfooting around? Like, do all your, you know, interview other guys. Do whatever you have to do. But at the end of the day, if he's the guy, he's the guy. So we'll see. One other big storyline coming out of the weekend, and, and this is today. And you tell me where you are on this, Noah. Today is the last day to officially declare for the NFL draft. There are two big names that have not declared for the NFL draft yet. Number one is Quentin Johnston, the stud wide receiver from TCU. Uh, projected as a first-round pick, projected as one of the top wide receivers. Now, Jordan Addison, formerly of Pitt, then of USC, he just declared about 20 minutes ago. So Jordan Addison is in. Jordan Addison is expected to be one of the top wide receivers in this draft, but Quentin Johnston as well, and Quentin has not declared as of yet. But the other big one is C.J. Stroud. What are we waiting on, C.J.? <clears throat> it's um, it's just interesting because 
We know Bryce Young is projected as the top quarterback in this draft, but C.J. Stroud is right there. Like, they're 1A and 1B. C.J. Stroud is going to go top five in this draft, no matter what happens at the Pro Day or the Combine. I feel like, unless you buy into the whole stupid Will Levis stuff, which, again, I saw somebody tweet over the weekend. They're like, Will Levis is the epitome of what scouts are going to fall for. They're like, oh, look at this kid. They're going to get this Pro Day. They're going to watch him at the Combine. They're going to be like, oh, top five, which is stupid. Because, again, like, and I hate to put him in the same boat, but this is the same stuff that happened with Mitchell Trubisky, with Zach Wilson, where I go, watch the college film. College film, don't lie. If 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 you're like, again, Mr. Trubisky could have been a, a, a second round pick. Zach Wilson could have been a second round pick. It would have been whatever. But we elevate these guys, and I say we, like scouts and NFL front offices, and they elevate these guys. And it's at the end of the day, I think like you fall too much in love with the underwear Olympics, which is what we talk about with the combine and all that. Like, film, don't lie. Go back and watch the film. What this guy did in college. And I know Will Levis played with a terrible offensive line last year at Kentucky. He was running for his life. He got sacked a bunch. Was forced into throwing some interceptions. I believe it was that Northern Illinois game. Uh, they got in the red zone. He just threw a couple bad interceptions. It was bad. But anyway, like teams are going to talk themselves into Will Levis. But C.J. Stroud needs to come out. And let me give you a couple of reasons why. Most of Ohio State's offensive line is gone next year. Quarterback class next year is stronger. Like, you're going to have Caleb Williams headlining next year's class. You're going to have Drake May from North Carolina. You're going to have big, big names. And C.J. Stroud can elevate himself and certainly probably, you know, be in the mix with those guys. But right now, it just like I said, it just feels like it's between him and Bryce Young. With a chance that maybe the Texans fall in love with C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. And they take him number two. It's whatever. And I'm fine with that if that's, if that's what happens. But C.J. Stroud is almost guaranteed to be a top five pick this year. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless he really wants to be at Ohio State. But even then, he's not going to make more money in NIL than he would be in a top five pick, right? Well, they said he would turn down about a 20-plus million dollar signing bonus if he... Like, in other words, if he doesn't come out. Like, I mean, like I mean, this day and age of NIL, right? Like, they're, Ohio State's going to pay him something, but it ain't going to be that. It ain't going to be that much. So, and I don't know. Have you seen the internet conspiracy theories out there, Noah? Which ones are those? That his agent is David Mulligetta. I think Sean was talking about this this morning. I think. Who repped the Sean Watson. Yeah. And look. NFL teams have issues like they have run-ins with agents and stuff. Who's the my guy down in Florida? Oh, he's such a D-bag, but he reps a lot of the big name guys. Oh, what's his name? The the big agent. Anyway, uh, there there are agents that teams just don't like dealing with, but it is what it is. This is a business. You put personal feelings aside. That's never going to like the Texans aren't going to look at CJ Stroud and go we're not taking him because of who his agent is. Is it Drew Rosenhaus? Drew Rosenhaus, who I was thinking of, yeah. But I don't think he goes to the Texans. I don't think he goes second overall, right? Str- he very well could. That's what I'm saying. Like During this whole process, 
they could end up falling in love. And this is assuming nobody trades. I, I think in the end of the day, Chicago's not trading out of that number one spot. Chicago, you suck too bad this year. You earned that number one spot. Take your stud defensive player, Will Anderson, uh, Jalen Carter, whoever it is, and the Texans are going to pick two. And I think the Texans are going to go quarterback. And it feels like Bryce Young is the obvious pick. It feels like the most likely landing spot for Stroud is either maybe four to the Colts or seven to the Raiders. And then you go seven, eight, nine, you go Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, who all need quarterbacks. So, Yeah, like this, and that's the other thing, too, is like this draft is littered at the top with quarterback needy teams. So, again, if you're C.J. Stroud, you're like, I want to run this back and try to win a champion. Like, dude, this is your time. Come out. This is the time. And by the way, keep an eye on Twitter, uh, Noah, because it could it could happen during the show today. We could hear CJ Stroud yeah, so, for the so draft. Today was the deadline to declare for underclassmen, but there's also a 72 hour withdrawal window, so they could pull out if they if they really wanted to. So they'd have until Thursday at midnight to pull their name out of the draft if they if they officially declare. Yeah. Well, they need to. Uh, like today is the deadline to officially declare. So CJ Stroud does not put his name in the hat today. He is coming back to Ohio State. And again, I, like I said, the, this day and age of NIL has opened it up where, uh, you know, guys can profit and, and come back to school. And I'm sure there are plenty of Ohio State fans that would start a GoFundMe or something or, or Ohio State business owners that would happily sign C.J. Stroud to a uh, NIL deal. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be what the NFL can pay you if you go top five in the draft. So, and look, the, the end of the day, too, if you're a good quarterback, because I saw some idiot conspiracy theorists on the internet saying this too. What if CJ Stroud doesn't want to go to the Texans or the Colts because they stink? Newsflash, teams that stink pick top five. Newsflash, all the other teams that need a quarterback stink too. <laughs> right. So wherever you go, you're not going to the friggin' New England Patriots, you know, set up with a championship roster and all they need is a quarterback. Um, and I'm not saying they have that now, I'm just saying in the past. But, like, you're not going to go, or like the Chiefs, you're not going to go to, like, a Kansas City Chiefs that, yeah, just, uh, you know, rep- you'll replace whoever. It, like, it, you're going to go to a bad team. So, th- throw that theory out of the window. Like, there's no player that would look at, look, the Texans are in a bad spot, but it's not like they're an absolutely horrendous franchise with no hope for the future. Like, if, if Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud's taken by the Texans, this thing could turn around very quickly. And we're going to get into it in the next segment. Noah, but look at the Cincinnati Bengals and look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. How quickly both those teams turn things around after picking number one overall. The Texans aren't even picking number one overall. They're picking number two. But what do they have in common? They got their franchise quarterback, and they started to build around them. And within two years, within two years of the Bengals taking Joe Burrow number one, they they won a playoff game. Within two years of the Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence, number one overall, they won a playoff game. Now, the Chargers crapped the bed. We'll get into that. That's that's besides the point. But, like, if the Texans take Bryce Young, number two overall, or C.J. Stroud, can the hope be in the 2024 playoffs, the Texans are not only there, but win a playoff game? I think it's possible with all the picks and the assets that they have and keep building around them. But... We need to see C.J. Stroud declare for the draft first. 713-212-5790 is the number. 713-212-5790 if you want to get in here. Uh, as Dude and Katie said, the Texans can treat it like a business. 
But if the agent doesn't treat it like a business, what can the Texans do? It, that's then then CJ Stroud needs to fire David Mula again if that's you know if that's the case if that's really if that's his agent and he's doing things to manipulate or say like yeah we, we're not gonna you you know we're gonna tell the Texans don't take you or something like then 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 he needs to fire him because you, your agent needs to do right by you not harbor grudges from things in the past seven one three two one two five seven ninety I'm on Twitter at Chris Gordy more in the trenches after this. Breaking news here on Sports Talk 790. Yeah, you know, no, you know that whole first segment we spent talking about CJ Stroud still hasn't made a decision. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we like to call radio time there, Gordy. <laughs> During the break, CJ Stroud officially declared for the NFL draft. He posted to his social media, Buckeye Nation, first and foremost, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for blessing me with health, favor, and opportunity. To my family, thank you for laying the foundation on which I stand. Through all the uncertainties, one thing was always certain, our love for one another. Thanks for always believing and supporting me. To my teammates, coaches, strength staff, nutrition staff, blah, 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 blah. To Buckeye Nation, it's been a hell of a ride. To the students, alumni, and all of the Ohio State fans, thank you for welcoming a kid from Cali into the Buckeye family. The process has been difficult, and the decision, one of the hardest I've ever had to make as a kid. I dreamed of playing football at the highest level, and after much prayer, I've made the decision that it's time to Turn those dreams into reality. With that said, I'm declaring for the NFL draft. This ain't goodbye, Buckeye for life, C.J. Stroud. So there we go, Noah. The big news, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young both have declared for the draft. One of those guys should be available to the, well, will be available for the Houston Texans at number two. No matter what happens with the Bears, if the Colts want to get antsy and they really like Bryce over C.J. Stroud. My thing, like, I've watched every game Bryce Young has played. I'm an SEC guy. I watch all the games every weekend. I've got the multiple TVs set up. I even have, I mean, now look, th- there were a couple games when Bama was playing, like, Austin P. I had it on my third TV. And I'm, wa- I'm not, like, watching hyper-focused on every play. But I've had every game that Bryce Young has played, I've had it on TV and, and watched in some capacity. Um... I still tell you guys, like, from what I watched from him this year, this was Bama's worst offensive line they've had under Nick Saban. This was their worst receiving core they've had under Nick Saban. And Bryce Young still was uber productive. Bryce Young even got hurt this year, missed a game, hurt his shoulder, and still came back and performed well and produced. And uh, to me, I think the kid is special. I think his talent will translate to the next level. Anybody concerned about his six-foot height, I think is stupid. Um, it's all overblown. Bryce Young throws an accurate ball. He throws guys open. To me, he's the best talent in this draft. That said, watch what C.J. Stroud just did to Georgia's defense in the playoff. C.J. Stroud's pretty good. Now, Stroud had a better supporting cast. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a top-10 pick next year at wide receiver. Bryce Young didn't have any of those this year. He had it last year in John Metchie and Jamison Williams, but he did not have one of those alpha dog wide receivers this year on his team. Um, I, I put it this way: I would not be angry. It, let's say, let's just say the Bears go chalk and they take Will Anderson number one. If the Texans took C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put up a stink. Like I wouldn't be like, "Oh my God, what are they doing?" Now, the, the here's the challenge: you got to think about it. We feel like the Cardinals are not going to move on from Kyler Murray, right? Like they're going to take best defensive player. Like they'll probably go Jalen Carter three if Will Anderson's gone. The Colts at four are going to take the other guy. 
unless they talk themselves into Will Levis or something like that. So this is a this is going to be a crucial decision, not just for the future uh, of the organization, the Houston Texans, but for the future of the AFC South. You can't mess this up. If one of the like history tells us right Noah, the quarterbacks taken in drafts, history tells us one of them's probably going to be a hit. One of them's probably going to be a bust. You got to figure out which one's which. <laughs> like that's just how it, how it goes. Which one of these guys is Pat Mahomes, and which one is Mitchell Trubisky? That's like you, you like you said. I think the only way you can really f this up is maybe if you reach and take Will Levis with the two pick. Yes. like you said, uh, Stroud and Young are both you know they're one A and one B. I think, and you said you wouldn't be upset if they took one over the other with two. And I like Will Levis, by the way. I've interviewed him multiple times. I've talked to him at the Manning Passing Academy, watched him lead the kids, talked to him at SEC Media Days, one-on-one. I love the kid. He's like, in an interview process, he's going to blow them away in in Indianapolis. Every team's going to fall in love with him because of that. But at the end of the day, I'm hiring you to play football, not, you know, be, you know, talk to my family, you know. (laughs) Like, at the end of the day, I need you to win games. And the skill set of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud is better than that of Will Levis. Um, but I just, again, like th- this is a crucial decision now for the Texans in that the Colts are picking two picks behind you and the Colts need a quarterback as well. And if you take Bryce Young and they take CJ Stroud and Stroud ends up being the better player and Bryce Young becomes a, a bust, man, that's going to suck for years to come in the AFC South. Cause no offense to Jacksonville. They look. Credit to them, right? They they got it done the other night. They they won a playoff game. I think Doug Peterson's an awesome coach. But as quickly as this thing has been good for them, that thing could come crashing back down next year. Jacksonville can go six and eleven next year. Like it's not crazy. So I say that to say, like this this division, this draft will decide the next four to five years of this division how it's going to go. One of these guys could be a bust. One could be a hit. Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud could go to the Colts at four. They could dominate the AFC South for the next four to five years, and the Texans take the other one and it ends up being a bust. Or both guys end up being great, and they're both hits, and the Texans and the Colts, along with Trevor Lawrence in, uh, in Jacksonville, suddenly this is one of the hottest divisions in football. Suddenly, two years from now, we're talking about, damn, the AFC South got good quick. Also a possibility, but not likely. Again, go look at go look at the first round, the quarterbacks taking the first round the last five, six, seven years. There are hits and there are busts. And the likelihood tells me one of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, one of them will be a hit, the other will be a bust. And it's so important for the Texans to figure out which one is which. But again, if you're just tuning in, the big news of the morning, C.J. Stroud has officially declared for the NFL draft. So he is in this draft. And uh, let me see what you guys are thinking on, on social media. 713-212-5790. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Chris Gordy. E.J. says, the Bengals suck for a long time. Look how many times they didn't get it right. It took them 10 years. I agree. But but my, my bigger point was, you know, how many times were they picking number one overall and took a quarterback? Joe Burrow was was the special talent who got this train back on the on the tracks. Again, it took him two years because they were no good his first year. But then they got Jamar Chase, and this thing turned around. They went to the freaking Super Bowl a year ago, and now they're back at 
Playoff win last night. Wasn't pretty, but they're on to the next round. Um, and then Jacksonville. They they took Trevor Lawrence. He sucked year one. They picked the they picked number one again. Took Trevon Walker. And now look at him. They just want a playoff game. So uh, what I'm saying is whoever the Texans take at number two, this thing could turn around very quickly. 713-212-5790. You need to grab a break. When we come back, we're going to catch up with our buddy Larry Holder. We'll get his thoughts on which of these quarterbacks he likes. And also, what would Sean Payton look like in Houston? And what would the Texans have to give up? We'll talk about that next. Trenches Sports Talk 790. Excited to get this guy on. Longtime friend, longtime beat writer slash columnist for the New Orleans Saints. Now he's doing it on the national level, covering the NFL writer and columnist for the Athletic. And it's his birthday today. The one and only Larry Holder joining us in just a second. Hang on, let me get these phone lines figured out here. Know if you could punch him up. Larry, what's going on, man? Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Also, uh, my son turns eight today, so we have the uh, the uh, wild distinction of sharing a birthday. So it's uh, it's pretty wild, uh, and we get to be off today. So that's actually uh, uh, pretty good here in New Orleans. And the wild distinction that you still act like you're eight. So that's kind of it's kind of fitting there. <laughs> Maybe like eighteen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> trust me. I, I I play tennis, and my bones don't feel like I, I'm eighteen anymore. But yeah, it. Uh, it's uh, no, definitely a, a good day, and uh, yeah, definitely some uh, definitely some wild uh, times. And it's funny here because uh, I'm still in New Orleans, uh, and, and uh, no one's really talking about the team. They're talking about Sean Payton and where he's going to go. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely a wild ride. Uh, people are just wondering where he's going to go, and then whatever happens after that with the team, then then they'll worry about that. Well, I, I want to get to that in a second, but first, I do want to get hit you with uh, the breaking news just 10 minutes ago. C.J. Stroud officially declared for the NFL draft. He waited till the last minute. I mean, today's the last day to declare. So he's officially in. The Houston Texans are picking number two overall. Should have been number one, but they had to go and win their week uh, 18 game. And so now here they are picking number two. But Chicago, as long as they don't trade out of that number one pick, seems like they're going to take defensive player Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. And the Texans will have their pick, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, number two. I'm, I'm just curious your thoughts. You've watched a lot of college football. Who would be your pick? Who, who do you like better right now, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud as a pro? Oh, man, that's it's. It's a tough call. Um, I'm actually glad I don't actually have to make it for a team, but like, I, like I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen Bryce Young play a lot, uh, even probably more than CJ Stroud. So for me, I would take Bryce Young. Uh, you know, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't the reason why Alabama was losing games. I mean, you know, even though they lost what two this year, but still, no, I think he's, he's somewhat of a unique talent. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of comparisons to say shorter quarterbacks. You know, someone like Kyler Murray, or even I've even seen people, you know, mention him in the same ilk as Drew Brees, just because he's a shorter guy. Russell Wilson, those guys. So, you know, he's going to have to kind of fight that stigma. But I think that uh, for me, I'm I'm more of a Bryce Young guy than a CJ Stroud. Not to say that CJ Stroud shouldn't be taken in the top five, but I just think that for me, slightly as of right now, like my opinion could change. But I, I'm I'm a Bryce Young guy. I'm with you, Larry, but here's why this is even more of a monumental decision for the Texans. The Indianapolis Colts pick fourth, 
and all signs have basically, they've all but said they're taking a quarterback like they have to. It's been Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, uh, Carson Wentz, like all these terrible quarterbacks that they're taking chances on. They've got to take their franchise quarterback. And the odds say, you know, it's 50-50, Larry. Like the odds say either Bryce Young's going to be a hit and C.J. Stroud's going to be a dud or vice versa. Like if you take the bat, the wrong guy and the Colts take the right guy, the, the AFC South supremacy is on the line here for the next four to five years. Well, I'm thinking it's almost like the scenario where, I mean, you, you mentioned the Colts. I mean, might as well bring it back up. You know, Peyton Manning versus Ryan Leaf or uh, Jared Goff versus, uh, you know, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, that that sort of scenario. And, uh, like, obviously people would argue maybe Goff and Wentz both have been great, even though Goff had a really good year uh, and Wentz is a, it's a dumpster <laughs> now, but, but when you look at it, you're right. I mean, that's a thing. That's, uh, you, and then you go back maybe a couple of years ago, you look, Trevor Lawrence, he's starting to pan out now. Uh, but then it was Zach Wilson and then, you know, Mac Jones and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And, you know, I, you're not necessarily going to have say five quarterbacks that high, but yeah, it, this is definitely a pivotal decision. And I'm sure uh, the next Texans head coach, going to have a big say so in, in which direction they go in but yeah look this is this is critical i mean it's not like the texans have had a uh, great quarterback play <laughs> in a minute so this is and you're right the bad decision here could set you back five years unless you're the 49ers who you can just draft wherever you want, take wherever you want, and all of a sudden, you know, they're the best team in football. Well, I would say they could put you out there quarterback for the Niners, Larry, but I've seen you throw a ball, and I, I don't think they would have a chance to win that game. But you're right. I mean, look, they, they're throwing anybody. Brock Purdy is is now going to lead this 49ers team to a Super Bowl. It's just it's crazy to even think about. But uh, you mentioned the coaching, and, and Sean Payton, um, you know, is, is a free agent. He is out there. Granted, you know, the Saints still own his rights, so anybody who wants to acquire him, they're going to have to give something up. Uh, just curious your, your thoughts on a fit in Houston, because Nick Casario is now, he's been here two years as the GM, seems to bring that New England ma- mantra of, you know, he's in full control of the roster and all that. Uh, let's just start there from a standpoint of, you know, you covered Sean Payton for so many years. It always felt like Sean kind of had full control of the lot roster. I know he and Mickey Loomis worked uh, in concert with one another, but how would that work? Like, would you envision, like, would a Sean Payton even work with a Nick Casario? Or would this be a situation where if the Texans wanted to hire Sean Payton, they'd have to get rid of Casario and let Sean Payton bring in his own guy, whether that's Jeff Ireland or whoever? Yeah, I think it's more actually about ownership. And it does have to do with front office. I, I have no idea, actually, if how how he would get along with Nick Casario. I mean, I, you know, it's... He's obviously well known for doing great work in New England, but uh, with the Texans, it's been suspect, obviously. But when you look at it, he Sean is looking for a fit where he trusts ownership and the front office, and he said it publicly already, even in the cycle. And he's told me this for years and years and years that he feels like some organizations are functional and some are dysfunctional, and. Uh, look, for me, I would think he would view Houston as a problem spot. I, I don't think he would trust what's going on uh, with ownership and, and the way they've dealt with things. Um, you know, I, 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 and I'm I'm just curious. He, that's going to be the biggest thing when he's going around interviewing for jobs. It's almost like he's going to be interviewing them more than they're interviewing him. I mean, I think he, you know, it's, it's got to work for him 
or he's just going to say, no, I'm good. I'm going to stick with Fox or wait till, uh, you know, hey, like, here's the, and also here's the thing too, Chris, you got to wait till the end of tonight to actually, because the game might change tonight. If <laughs> Dallas goes down, I could see Jerry Jones getting rid of Mike McCarthy and going full blast with Sean Payton. And I'm, I'm telling you, he would want to go there. So uh, that's the thing. Like we, we don't even know yet uh, where all the pieces to the puzzle are. And he's, he's going to start his interviews up tomorrow. For the longest, though, I always felt like that relationship between Sean Payton and Jerry Jones, and they are good friends, and, and Payton, um, you know, obviously was, was the OC there back in the day for the Cowboys and worked for that organization. But I almost envision it as, you know, like if you ran a business, Larry, you, you have friends, but you wouldn't hire your friends. I almost felt like that with Peyton and Jerry, that like Peyton likes Jerry, but I don't know if he could stomach working for him again unless he had full full uh, guarantee that Jerry's going to be hands-off. He, he's going to let Sean do his thing, run that roster, because it just feels like for so many years that Jerry meddles, right? And he's always putting his hand in the cookie jar. Do, do you think that would be like a, a, a condition? And again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but if the Cowboys lose tonight, get blown out, they fired Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton has interest in going to Dallas. Don't you think that'll be one of his stipulations? Jerry, look, you cannot be so hands-on with, with me. Yeah, I think that if there's one guy that maybe Jerry would take a little bit of a step back, I mean, I'm talking like um, like a centimeter back <laughs> would be would be for Sean Payton, and I'm telling they're definitely uh, uh, good friends that they have been for years and years, and I think Jerry, like he's not getting any younger, and he wants to win again, and so I think that this would be his big swing to try to make that happen. And I, like, I think I'd be curious as anyone, like, because I mean, you mentioned it, like Sean is an alpha guy. Jerry is an alpha guy. You know, how would they kind of fit together? Like I, I'm sure at times they'll be going back and forth, but still, I, I think that Jerry knows uh, and Jerry has wanted Sean Payton for a long time to be the head coach of the Cowboys. And I think this would be, if they all, if things go super south tonight, uh, I, I could see that happening. Uh, but, but still, yeah, it, there's definitely, it would be a lot of eyes are on the Cowboys already. I think more eyes would even be on them even more just to kind of see how that dynamic would work out. Well, let's talk compensation because the, the Saints are in a in a tough spot. They have no first round pick. They traded that to uh, to the Eagles for uh, Chris Olave. Uh, they've kind of put it out there, at least through sources, that they they would seek at least a first round pick. What would it take? You know, if the Texans were to, you know, if they really were in love with Sean Payton and Payton said, "I think we can make this work," what would compensation look like? I mean, is it just one first round pick and and it's a done deal? I think it varies with the teams. Uh, you know, for I, I think it would probably cost more if he's traded to an NFC team. I think it would cost even more if he was traded to like the Panthers, who have gotten permission to talk with him. Uh, but I, I'm sure they're seeking at least a first round pick. And uh, that's the thing, though. If you're the Texans or you're Arizona, and you, uh, you know you're not necessarily wanting to give up a top five pick the coach and so I, I think that's something where it might be it, it's going to vary because I, if you were a team in the mid first round maybe you'd be willing to part with that one and, and maybe later you know picks in, in later years and such but yeah I, I think it's it's hard to gauge I, like I the fa- if 
the Saints are given permission to all these teams. The teams know the parameters uh, of what they want to give up. So I think that that's probably if they know, if they're willing to talk with him, that they know what it would take to get him and feel good enough to take that leap. But it's definitely going to vary between teams just because, you know, first-round picks are higher for some teams, lower for others, and, you know, if it's lower for another, you're going to have to add on things. So I don't think it's going to cut and dry uh, what the compensation would be. And one other, you know, team that's going to be thrown into the mix possibly is the uh, the Chargers. They have a heartbreaking loss over the weekend. A lot of people are out on Brandon Staley, so we'll see what happens there. That would be a great fit. Sean Payton getting to work with Justin Herbert, and so uh, got to put them on the table as well. But let me just pull it back to Houston real quick. I mean, what do you think Sean is looking for? I mean, we've heard rumblings like, you know, established quarterback and all that, but he's also a guy who loves a challenge. And the, the idea of coming to the Texans with the number two pick, you could take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if you think one of those guys is the elite-level talent, and you could start to build something with one of those guys. I mean, you know Sean Payton as good as anybody. Don't you think he would kind of like that challenge? I think that's uh, an intriguing aspect. Like, he could start with a quarterback. And, and this, it's, it, it, it's going to depend. Well, every situation is different. I mean, because, I mean, you mentioned the Chargers. He might want to go work with Justin Herbert, but he doesn't trust ownership. That's you know that sort of thing. But yeah, I think it's he's definitely doing his homework on rosters and talent and 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 cap space and all of this. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that it would if he feels like man, he could build a winner with say Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and he likes what he sees on the Texans roster uh, that he would he would be enamored by that. So I think that's part of the reason why he's accepted and going to interview with the Texans. So, but like I said, all of these situations could be different. I mean, like we just mentioned the Cowboys, they almost seem ready made to win and they're just bumbling and stumbling. Uh, the Texans would be a different story. And so uh, here's the thing. I, it's part of this is like, all right, our, who's willing to pony up the money uh, and which situation does he feel like what he does? He want to walk into more of an established team or is he willing to kind of start from scratch, kind of like what he did uh, when he came to New Orleans? So I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I, but I definitely, I'm sure the the fact that you could kind of ready pick your quarterback in terms of if you want to, if you like one of these ones in the draft and you go full speed ahead. I mean, he has that opportunity. So I'm sure that is something that is intriguing to him. Talking with Larry Holder, it is his birthday. He is an NFL writer columnist for The Athletic. Uh, kind of big picture, Larry. It was a hell of a wildcard weekend. I know we got one more game tonight, but those first five games did not disappoint. I can't remember a weekend where, uh, I mean, basically, if I guess we could say the, the Niners' second half was a dud, but outside of that, man, every one of these games came down to the wire. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect uh all of these tight games, like I, I expected, uh, I didn't expect the Giants to win. You know, so, uh, you know I think that in, in and of itself is a, is a feat because I think the Giants are kind of just smoking mirrors. Uh, but then, uh, you know, you look at uh, Jacksonville. I mean, I think that's the game that everyone's going to kind of point to and be like, how did this just happen? And it's almost uh, the Chargers are always willing to get chargered, uh, you know, our, our writer who covers the Chargers, Daniel Popper, had that uh, in his story uh, after the game. And so it's definitely something that 
this thing seems kind of wide open, uh, and it's it, it, you didn't expect the Dolphins to put up such a fight, uh, but the Bills got by, and it's definitely it leaves the rest of the playoffs. I, I think oh, a little more open than maybe we thought because I, I think the Chiefs are vulnerable. I think the Eagles are vulnerable. So I, I think this is going to be something like where when we go forward. Uh, these playoffs, I don't think they're going to be any more dud games. I think everything's going to be really intriguing. Yeah, Jacksonville, San Francisco in the Super Bowl. I think uh, the NFL would not be happy about that one, but it could happen. It's it's certainly a possibility. He is Larry Holder. Again, check out his work at The Athletic. Uh, last thing for you, Larry, how much king cake have you eaten so far? <laughs> I've almost had like a bite. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it, we're, we're ramping up. It, you know, Mardi Gras parades are going to start ramping up here real soon, but you know, it's uh, like I said, it's my birthday and it's my son's birthday. So guess what? I, I, I already know my wife has purchased a king cake as our birthday cake. So guess what? <laughs> we'll be eating some of that tonight. Well, watch your girlish figure there, Larry, and enjoy your birthday. Happy birthday to Chase as well. Happy birthday to you. And thanks so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, and always good catching up with you, Chris. Take care, buddy. All right, that's Larry Holder. Uh, long time on the Saints beat. Um, it's known Sean Payton a long time, so figured he would be able to give us better insight than anybody on if Sean would have an interest in uh, the Texans. And, of course, he's covering the NFL as a whole for The Athletic. Go check out his work at theathletic.com. Uh, we're going to grab a quick break. We'll come back more here on In the Trenches after this. Where'd you get down the fiddle and you get down the bow? <laughs> Do you think this is what Sean Payton listens to in his car when he's driving around? Concerning what's to leave, probably not. <laughs> well, welcome back in the trenches, Sports Talks of an What would you make of what Larry had to say, Noah? I didn't get the vibe. Like he said, based on him knowing Sean Payton, that he probably would not have. Like his first interest is ownership and how committed ownership is to winning and that sort of thing. Sounded like he didn't seem to think Sean Payton would have a whole lot of interest in the Houston Texans. He'll interview with them, but like sounding like he wouldn't lean this way. Yeah, why would you? I mean, the team's been dysfunctional for you know, how long? And then, if, depending on what you have to give up to give Sean Payton, that's an asset that you could use. If you have to give up the twelfth pick to get Sean Payton, then that's a, that's something you miss out on. And so, you know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud doesn't turn this team into a playoff team, right? But one of those guys with Sean Payton, I think within two, like like I talked about earlier, the two-year turnaround that the Bengals had with Joe Burrow and the Jags have had with Trevor Lawrence, a two-year turnaround with the right quarterback and the right play caller, I think Payton could maybe have the Texans a playoff contender by 2024. Yeah, but they still need so many other pieces, do they not? They do, but, so, they, but they have draft picks, right? Right, I mean, yeah. But if, if you're saying... This upcoming year, if the, the Sean Payton wants to be the head coach, I don't think it makes much of a difference. But you're talking about two or three years, then yeah, I think, you know, I think that makes a little more sense. That's a little more realistic. I'll tell you this: if Sean Payton comes here, Nick Casario will not be the GM. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like I think if he tells, if he calls Cal McNair and goes, "Look, Cal, uh, I want to come, uh, talk to the Saints. They're going to try to make it work. They'll figure you guys figure out compensation, but uh, I'm bringing Jeff Ireland with me, and uh, you guys got to get rid of uh, Nick Casario." And I think if you're Cal, you have to pull the trigger on that. You respect what Nick Casario has done and, and his draft picks last year and all that. But the, his big flop is he's missed on head coaches. And Sean Payton would be a home run hire if you could get him. 713-212-579. Let's go to the phones real quick. Let's talk to Ray, who wants to talk about this. Ray, what's up, man? 
Look, um, we're going to have to give up picks if we want to do if we want to get Sean Payton. Uh, these really not subpar coaches that we've had since the very beginning. Look, here's a scenario: we take the 12 pick, we give it to Arizona. Probably going to have to give up some extra picks, or they're going to give us some extra picks for that. Then we take that third pick, we give it to New Orleans, and some extra picks. Um, we got to get a winner as a coach. I mean, flip. Flat out, we got to get a winner as a coach before we can actually have any good players. Uh, I mean, look at what Dan Campbell has done in Detroit. I would kill to have that guy. But we are where we are. So, and the bonus to that is we keep Indianapolis from getting a quarterback. Well, uh, Arizona's going to take the third pick quarterback. So, wait, why are they, there you go. why are they giving up on Kyler Murray so quick? I don't think he's that good. I think he's too short. And I mean, <laughs> but they just paid him. Like that's he the, went to Oklahoma. Yeah, but that, mean, <laughs> that's the the problem is they just paid they just paid Kyler Murray a ton of money. So they're not. Well, I just don't see the Cardinals moving on. Like I feel like they got to stick with Kyler Murray. Or we better trade with somebody. Well, I mean, we better figure it out. <laughs> yeah, trade with the Bears. We better figure it out because otherwise, four and thirteen. We're going to keep on spinning the wheels. Oh, yeah. And thanks for the call, Ray. I think they're 4-13 next year, no matter who the coach is. I mean, this thing's got to it, – it's it's going to take a little time to turn around. But I, I think you make a good point. Like, you got to have the, the home run hire as head coach. And so far through the Texans' history, say what you want about Gary Kubiak. I mean, he was arguably the best coach in, in Texans' history. And obviously, as soon as he left here, went and won a Super Bowl with, the, with Peyton Manning and the Broncos – but, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, when we look through this short Texans history of coaches, it's been a whole lot of mediocrity. And if you could get a Sean Payton and he's interested, I think you do whatever it would take to get him here. Now, I don't think you give up the third pick or, or this number two pick, but maybe you can give up number – again, I, like, I don't want to give up 12 either. But if that's what it would take and I have reassurances, Sean Payton goes, look – you send the Saints pick 12. I'm coming. I'm bringing Jeff Ireland with me. Go look at that draft we had in 17 where we got Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchick and all these pieces. We're going to do that same thing for Houston. If I'm Cal McNair, I go, I'm in. You sold me. Pull the trigger. 713-212-5790. We'll get back to your calls right after this. Ross Villarreal going to jump on in with us here on In the Trenches. You're in the trenches. With N.D. Kalu. Hour number two in the trenches. Run along here. Sports Talk 790. Chris Gordy here with you. N.D.'s off today. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everybody out there. Oh, look who's in the studio. Ross Villarreal jumping in with us. Hey, I just wandered in over here. That's me, Ross. That's who, Snoop. You don't have to be rude about it. <laughs> Off for a week, and now I'm back, baby. We, uh, we've we been talking about, I don't know if you missed it, Ross, but the big news that happened in segment, uh, during our first commercial break into segment two, I was all set up. I was all ready to talk about why has C.J. Stroud not declared for the draft yet? C.J. Stroud declared for the draft. So he is officially in, and the Texans officially are on the clock with the number two pick. Why? Because one of those guys will absolutely 100% be available to you at the number two pick. Somebody, I saw somebody on our Facebook page said, man, that was almost a disaster. What if CJ Stroud doesn't come out and Chicago trades back with Indy 
and they go to number one and get Bryce Young, what are you doing at number two? In Will, Will, Will Anderson season? Will Anderson probably. And, and there's still some people that mindset. There's still some people out there who are saying, I, I don't think the Texans are ready for a quarterback yet. I'd rather <laughs> wait for next year. And let's take cash. Let's, let's continue to build this thing. This is a long rebuild. Let's take one of the franchise defensive players like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Yeah, I, I understand that sentiment. Absolutely. And it all depends on the evaluation of the Texans and and where people are at on where these quarterbacks are going to go and, and what direction you should go. Obviously, uh, when you're this high in the draft and you don't have a, in your quarterback uh, room right now is Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll and Kyle Allen. As of this second, you need improvement there. And that's the biggest need that you'll ever need to address. And, and that's kind of. What the NFL draft has become, at least for really bad teams who are in the position the Texans are, it's like, do we take a shot at this crop of quarterbacks for this year, or do you go in another direction and try to go the veteran route, which there has been some success that you can point to with other people, but but generally... With the best teams in the NFL, it's going to be a first-round quarterback. And also, the best asset that you can have in terms of team building is a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract. Right. Now, it's a little bit different when it's one of these number one, number two. At least they're not as crazy as they were when Sam Bradford was getting like $50 million guaranteed. But a a being set at the quarterback position at uh, on a rookie contract with the way the salary cap is structured, is the best thing you could possibly hope yeah, for. Yeah, it was the best thing that happened with the Seahawks when they yes. had Russell Wilson, you know, back when he was good. And he uh, was on a third-round contract, yeah. so that was even the better. Ba- the Bengals with Joe Burrow, they were able to overspend exactly. this offseason. Exactly. I mean, it's it, it puts you in a great spot and opens up that, that window. Um, the Jags are very much in that window right now. Congrats to them on winning the, mm-hmm. their playoff game. I was rooting for the Jags. Yeah, but it, um, Before Pat Mahomes got his big deal, the Chiefs were able yep. to spin like crazy because yep. of what he was on. So let me ask you this, Ross. First and foremost, now that both these guys are in the draft, do you have a favorite? I mean, I've watched most of Bryce, almost all of Bryce Young's games in college. Um, I've seen a good bit of C.J. Strouds. Obviously, mm-hmm. he saved the best for last. His best game he's played was against Georgia uh, two weeks ago in that playoff game, but I mean, here's my take is I like Bryce Young a lot. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. But I wouldn't be – like, C.J. Stroud, show me enough. I wouldn't be disappointed. I wouldn't put up a fit if the Texans took him at number two. Yeah, there are – I mean, both of them are are really good college quarterbacks. And the question is, of course, where are they going to translate to the NFL side? As far as preference, I I I would say Bryce Young probably – but uh, and I do like C.J. Stroud. I, I think the thing when I'm looking at and I haven't watched a ton of like I'm bring, I, I'm not gonna come on here and act like I've been breaking down a bunch of tape of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I I will get into it as we go along here. I'm um, kind of locked in on the playoffs right now, but when we're in draft mode, I, I definitely will try to look at more of the plays and stuff like that because it's not like I was watching Ohio State football and, and Alabama football every single weekend. But just to me, one of the things that I like to see from a a quarterback in college is is there are a lot of guys whose traits work in a college level that aren't going to translate as far as like scam, scrambling around. And then CJ Stroud, I feel like is more of a guy who can make magical plays. And I feel like Bryce Young can be more on schedule. He can do the same thing, but he's also more on schedule going through progressions, making reads and making the right throws and stuff like yeah. that. And that's what I look for more when you want to translate skills to the NFL level is somebody who can be on schedule and, and be through their progressions rather than run around, making a bunch of guys miss tackles and then make a spectacular play. Yeah. Neither one of these guys, 
Rises mobile, per se. I mean, C.J. Stroud is a true pocket passer. Uh, Bryce Young can use his mobility at times. I mean, you saw it in the Texas game firsthand. When he had to make a play with his legs and defenders all dropped, hey, I'll tuck in and run it for that first mm-hmm. down, which basically beat Texas in that game when he ducks in and runs it. But hey, Come on, man. Um, you know, Too he, soon. But he's, he's, been, he's been a guy that can use his legs, and, and we saw it a lot this year at Alabama. With the pass rush, I mean, the offensive line was not great for Alabama this year. You know, if we're judging it to Alabama standards, they had Tyler Steen come over from Vanderbilt, was starting at left tackle. Bryce Young, a lot of times, was I don't want to say running for his life, but being pressured and had to find ways to work outside the pocket, still keep his eyes downfield and find his guys. The, one of the greatest films you'll watch is that national championship game last year, a game he lost against Georgia, but watch. When they lost, keep in mind, he didn't have John Mechie and Jameson Williams. Both those guys got hurt. He was still finding ways, even under duress, was putting the ball on the money, hitting his receivers in the hands. Now it was these freshman and sophomore inexperienced receivers at Bama, and they were dropping them. But it was like, oh, my God, how did Bryce Young still make that throw? That's what's so impressive about him, and, and that's what you're going to face at the NFL level is under duress, can you still keep your cool? I've never seen, in all his games I've watched, I've never seen Bryce Young freak out. I've never seen him panicked. I've never seen him, the situation is too big for me. Like, that guy is as cool uh, as a cucumber and just, mm. again, that's one of the aspects I like about him and his game. But the, the bigger picture here, Ross, the Colts are picking four. Let's just say, for argument's sake, there are no trades made. It is going to be, for the next four to five years, whoever you take it to and whoever the Colts take it for is going to decide this AFC South. And I say that no disrespect to Jacksonville, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. I was going to say, it seems like they're doing pretty well. They're in the, the division around of the playoffs. Look at the Titans debacle. I mean, they got Derrick Henry, and yeah. the Tannehill's turned out to be a... a uh, well, yeah, you can win with Tannehill, but yeah, he was hurt this year. But my He's point, just a guy. My point being, when we go back and look at the last five to ten years of the NFL draft, in the first round, quarterbacks taking, mm-hmm. there is always going to be a bust, and there's always going to be a hit. Yeah, on uh, some years you'll have everybody's a bust. Well, you've had some but, years where Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes were both in the same Yeah, exactly. Draft. I mean, so it, it can't hit or miss. Was Lamar Jackson in that draft too, or no? Was he the last the last pick? I can't Might remember if it was that year or not. That was also the year uh, Mitchell Trubisky went number two. So you have that. Whoopsie daisy. But, but we all said that. I mean, at least I did. I was like, that's not a good move. And they did it anyway. <laughs> uh, but point being, like, this could decide... Your franchise, and this is inside the Colts franchise for the next four years. So that's where I say, like, it feels like like you have the upper hand. You have your, you will have your choice at number two, barring mm-hmm. a, a monster trade from the Colts to go up to number one and get Chicago's pick. You have the pick between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and it feels like whoever you pass on, the Colts are going to take that guy. And you know, this is what's going to decide the division. Now, I said for, on a positive note, this could mean both guys are hits. And both hmm. franchises take a step forward, and f- four, three, four years from now, Ross, we're talking about the SEC South's one of the best divisions in football. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud. It's been one of the worst for a while. That was the 2000, actually the year later was the Lamar Jackson draft, but the top of that draft was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and then Josh Allen was the third quarterback taken, and then Josh Rosen. So three of the top four quarterbacks, uh, not really what you want to end up with there, not even with their original teams. And then, of course, Josh Allen, the crown jewel at the top of that draft. So that's the thing. That's that's what we're looking at right now. You're looking at an absolute roll of the dice. 
And that's what Nick Casario and the Texans are going to have to decide is, do we want to put our jobs on the line with whoever we end up? If it is, if Bryce Young is gone and it is going to end up being CJ Stroud. For you. Your job's on the line yeah, no matter true. who you take. So mm-hmm. you might as well go with your best inclination. Well, I would say normally, yes. With this ownership group, may who knows. Uh, by the way, the 2020 draft, shaping up to be pretty good. Joe Burrow was number one. Tua was number five. Now, concussions aside, Tua's turned yeah. out to be a pretty good quarterback. Besides one. the massive brain injuries he <laughs> suffered all season long. He's been a pr- pretty good quarterback. Justin Herbert went number six. He's pretty good. Yes. Uh, again, Ooh, that I, is a good draft. Again, I'm not. I'm I'm still mm-hmm. buyer beware on him. Now, Joe, oh, really? Yeah. I mean... You, I take uh, Justin Herbert in a heartbeat. Uh, I would too, but I keep being told how great this guy is, and now he's zero two in the playoffs. Okay, well that's a team. It's a team effort. He's not. He got them up twenty. Well, actually, it was the turnovers and stuff. To, yeah. and the fact that Trevor Lawrence was giving the gifting the ball over and over to the Chargers. But Jordan Love went twenty sixth overall. When we've seen him at times for the Packers, he's uh-huh. like, okay. Eh. Maybe he's their future. And then Jalen Hurts went as the fifth quarterback in the draft. So that's turned out to be a pretty damn good draft there. So. Yeah, maybe both C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be hits, but that's what I'm saying. It's you picking two and the Colts picking fourth. Man, you better do you. I mean, it might you were planning to do your homework before, yeah. but now I'm dissecting every little thing on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud because this is a massive, massive mm, decision. Yeah, Casario Bot's really going to have to nail this one. I, I'm not convinced he's a human <laughs> being after that press conference. He is a, he is a robot. He is he is oh. artificial intelligence. No emotions. Word salad. There was an interview I think he did with uh, John Harris like a year ago where he asked him about Cheetos and he's like, "I've never had a Cheeto." I'm like, "You've yes, never exactly. had a Cheeto?" You know what? I'm You're a weirdo. I minted it. What, 11 12 what lab were you created in? 11 12 uh January 16, 2023. I'm sticking with it. Casario bot. That's what I'm going to start <laughs> calling him. That's what he is. He was made in a lab by Bill Belichick up there in New England. Um yeah, we got plenty more to discuss. I got to get your thoughts on on Sean Payton. They interviewed Jonathan Gannon over the weekend for the third time. Feels like you know everything you need to know about Jonathan Gannon at this point. Uh, where do they go from there? And your phone calls, Josh, Ronnie, I see you. We'll get to you guys after this. This is In the Trenches, Sports Talk 790. Poll question up on our uh, Sports Talk 790 uh, Twitter, at Sports Talk 790 on, on Twitter. And uh, it, was, it was just a poll question. It just said, who do you want the Texans to draft a quarterback, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? And uh, Ross, the latest mm. poll, it, it came in heavy, heavy Bryce Young early. And okay. now C.J. Stroud starting to come in there. Okay, We're almost at 400 votes. 62% say Bryce Young, 38% say C.J. Stroud. Okay. But here's my problem, Ross. In the comments, we are getting a ton of neither. Just mm. the Texas fans. <laughs> Let me open your eyes to something. This team needs a franchise freaking quarterback. They have waited the entire length of the franchise. You finally got it in 2019 in Deshaun Watson. And for reasons we won't get into, oh, well, that fell yeah. apart, both on the Texans' part. He asked for a trade and, and got slapped part. with 25 lawsuits. I mean, there was, those are two independent things. Mm. But nonetheless, this team needs a franchise freaking quarterback. If you watched Davis Mills these last two years and you went, yeah, we can roll with that for another year, you're a moron. If you think this team could go and get Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr and we're going to be just fine, no. We are rebuilding. This is a rebuild. 
in a rebuild, you get your you sucked for a reason this year. To get your franchise quarterback with the number two pick, go get your franchise quarterback. What do you think about the sentiment that maybe one of the reasons that the Texans actually played hard and didn't deactivate a lot of their players in that last week is maybe that at the top, they're not sold at any one quarterback at the number one spot, so they didn't necessarily care if the Texans won or lost that game. Do you buy into that at all? Then what's their plan of quarterback then? If they're not sold on, on any of these quarterbacks in this draft, who are you sold on? And don't tell me Caleb Williams next year because there's no guarantee. Of course, yeah. There's no guarantee you're going to get the number one pick next year. Yeah, I totally agree with you that on that. There's a lot of people saying, oh, just wait for next year, wait for next year, wait for next year. You, you suffered through all the... T- the Texans were, this is one of the worst products I've ever seen on an NFL field, and they ended up with a number two pick. Yes. So there's no guarantees you, that you're going to end up with a number one, number one. team, and you still didn't get the number one. That's the thing, man. It's <laughs> how bad of luck the Texans have had, and when they've had the number one overall pick, they've ended up with Derek Carr, or I'm sorry, David Carr, and Mario Williams and Jadevian Clowney those years. Uh, David Cully won four games with, with, <sighs> with this team. He didn't yeah. know what the hell he was doing. And no, he, he didn't. Four games, uh-huh. uh, four wins. and Yeah, he was listening to Duke Ellington in his headset on the sidelines, and, and they won four games. And say what you want about Trevon Walker at number one. He's had an okay year for Jacksonville. It feels like he laid the foundation. He'll probably take that next step next year, get to like eight, nine sacks, something like that. He looked fine. But Aiden Hutchinson, number two, looked like a stud as the year went along with the yeah, Lions. Like, he played pretty well. I would have, I would have gladly taken one of them. And it's no disrespect to CJ Stingley. Everybody wants to bring up Sauce Gardner because they took Stingley over Sauce, and Sauce looked great. But put Sauce aside. You could have had you just done yeah. what you should have done and sucked. You could have Aiden Hutchinson. Man, you can't even put Sauce aside because he was they was a cornerback. And right. that's what you were evaluating. And he's saying. about like, to be defensive rookie take of the year. The last two years of just total suckage, and you still didn't get the number one pick. So don't, like, you can't sell me on, you're, well, we'll just get Caleb Williams next year. No, no there's going to be someone else who sucks yeah. that steals that number one pick from you. And it might even suck even harder. And then you're going to have to settle for, well, Drake May looks pretty good in North Carolina. Well, what about this guy? Hey, no, like, I like Drake May. He's fine, but he, we, we've seen <laughs> I like Caleb, Caleb Williams. I like Drake May, too. Matt Brown. That's hey, come on, man. Um, but to me, you suck this year. Everybody, every scout out there has said Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Like they've even said, like had they those guys been in last year's draft, they would have went top ten. Kenny Pickett would have fallen to you know back mm-hmm, into the true. first or whatever. So it was um, a bad quarterback draft it, last year. It was year. a bad draft, and I still like Malik Willis. I still have hope for him, but God, did he look awful when he got his chance to play this year? <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, look, we just we just had another person chime in, Will Anderson. The Will Anderson is going to go number one. Like, in this hypothetical, you don't have the number one pick. He might not. Yeah, you, you could get a trade, somebody trying to trade up. What do you think about the Texans possibly trading up in, in that p- no, scenario playing out? No, look what look what the 49ers did. They traded up to go get Trey Lance, and yeah. Morgan's the future, and Trey Lance is barely played. Now they got Brock Purdy, the GOAT. Well, that's even more incredible. In hindsight, looking back, you should have just stayed put. You know, like, you didn't need to trade up. And then, and Trey Lance, like, hey, like side, because uh, Shanahan can win with anybody. Shanahan is proving he can win with anybody at quarterback. Why can't, yeah, Shanahan is uh, is really putting on a master class with the coaching. Why can't the Texans have a, a quarterback like Brock Purdy fall into their lap? I mean, Josh Allen was seven overall. It's... Man, it's just crazy that it's not only that they end up with the all these bad seasons and all these top five picks. It's just that it feels like 
for the most part, you can't even point to some quarterback that they really whiffed on at the top of the draft that they should have taken. Like, this opportunity wasn't even there. And I hope it is there this year. Yeah. I mean, you took David Carr, but you didn't protect them. And we know how that one went. 713-212-579. Real quick before we get to the phone lines. Sean Payton, yay or nay? Would you want him? Absolutely. Would you? Oh, you mean the Super Bowl okay. head, uh, uh, Super Bowl winning coach who won basically 10, 12 games almost every year he was with the Saints? Okay. Let me play devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, here I'm we Mickey go. Mickey Loomis, and I'm, I'm uh, not devil's advocate, but I'm Mickey Loomis, and I say... Mickey Loomis, want, what's up? I want the 12th overall pick. Are you doing it? 12th overall pick? Oh, Lord. Uh, how are split on Sean this. Sean Payton is 59 years old. I say he is that I, he is that good of a coach. As much as I want that next piece, I would do it. I would do it. Too. I would do it because no. I have I have faith that you you trade for Sean Payton, mm-hmm. you give him the number two pick. He drafts his quarterback. This team will will be a contender within three years. Uh, that will depend on, of course, the level of quarterback play and then the team building. How much do you trust from Nick Casario? We've seen. A lot of hit and miss there. Well, no, but yeah, in, I mean, you're set. You're set. One of the things. I mean, look, if you're building an NFL franchise from scratch or whatever, and we're like in a in a fantasy world, there are a lot of things that you need to get in place. And probably, what would you say? Number one is is it franchise quarterback or is it head coach? It's either one or two. You gotta have both. It, yeah, exactly. But just, what I'm saying is, you know, you're set on one. If you get Sean Payton, you are set. I believe. If this team has Bryce Young and he's a great quarterback, but your coach is kind of was just one of these middle of the pack guys, you're going to be what you were with Bill O'Brien. You won a lot of AFC South nine and seven mm-hmm. seasons, one and done in the playoffs. To me, I have I have aspirations higher than that. Yeah, but or you could be like the I mean, you could win a Super Bowl with media. Mike McCarthy won one with because he had Aaron Rodgers, so it can go uh, a little bit of both ways. But also, I mean. It's just looking at the situations. You, coaching matters, obviously, and X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's. One of the arguments is as old as time when it comes to football. The, my my thing is, whatever you want to put them one one A, you need both. And then if you have Sean Payton, you're set. That's that's huge. Yeah, I mean that is that is so major to say we have someone who know we know is our head coach, and we know that he is a, a, a great talent. In in that capacity, and we are absolutely set there. And then you start worrying about other stuff, right? You get your hierarchy of needs set, That's right. right? And by the way, I didn't I didn't mention it in this scenario. The vibes I get is Sean Payton isn't coming here to work for Nick Casario. Nick Casario will be out if mm. Sean says he wants to come in here. He says I'm bringing in okay. Jeff Ireland with me. And Jeff Ireland's okay. PM. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm that, on. I'm what, on board with that too. That's what I said. I mean, well, then who makes that call? By the way, Nick Cal, Casario. That's the yeah. problem. Is it's Cal? Oh. But, but did you hear what Nick Casario said in that little speech last week? Uh, he, oh, about his like my job is on the line here too, or some he kind said, of comment that he, he made. Said something to the effect of if it turns out that you know me stepping aside is the best mm. decision for the organization, then then I'll do that. Oh wow! He's like, hey, yeah. If they want to pay me six million dollars a year to not be yeah, here, then I'm down here yeah. to go away. I'll <laughs> yeah. go away. You know what? If I have to do that, I'm willing to do it because but, because Bill Belichick's on line one. He'll take you right back. Well, everybody yeah, always comes back. He can go. That's true. I'm coming home. Yeah. Every, Bill O'Brien's probably going to end up uh, back there. If you want to come back, Nick, uh, I guess we'll take you. Matt Patricia ended up back there. Like every guy who leaves New England always comes back. So it happens. Um, but I just look back on, by the way, the 2017 Saints draft. Where the, when Jeff Ireland first came aboard and was helping them in the scouting department and all that, do you know? Do you remember who the Saints drafted that year? 
Oh, what year was this? I blanked out. 2017. Uh, 2017, the Saints. You know what? Uh, I just threw away my 2017 Saints draft guide, so I don't remember. They took Marshawn Lloyd, 11th. Or, I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Sorry. That's right. Mar- Marshawn Lattimore. Sorry, oh, that's the wrong name. Marshawn Lattimore, 11th overall. Um, by the way, they wanted Pat Mahomes. Mahomes went one pick ahead of the Chiefs, traded up, got him at 10. The Saints were going to take him and stash him behind Drew Brees. So they liked Mahomes a lot. But they took Marshawn Lattimore, traded up into the pick, uh, back into the first pick 32. They took Ryan Ramchick, their franchise uh, right tackle, pro bowler, uh, all pro. Marcus Williams, they got in the second round safety. Now, they let him walk in free agency, but he was turned into a great player for them on that defense. Alvin Kamara, might have heard of him. They got him in the middle rounds. Who? Uh, Alex Anzalone turned into a contributor at linebacker. Trey Hendrickson mm. was a really good defensive end who's getting sacks for the uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Every one of those guys they took turned into a player in the NFL, and that was right when they brought Jeff Ireland aboard. Well, don't go, go look at Nick Casario's drafts. Well, I'm just letting you know, like if I'm if I'm getting rid of Casario and I'm bringing in package still Peyton and Ireland, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, you're right. I would and, love and it, and I get my quarterback at two. I'm with it. I would have so much optimism be, oh my God. about this team and this franchise. When's the last time you were truly excited for Texans football? I mean, the, the Deshaun year when they went to the playoffs was But fun. even then, they, you the didn't feel time. like they were a very good team. But when they were up on the Chiefs, I literally was texting you guys like, guys, we're going. The Texans are going to the Super Bowl. Weren't they like 10-point dogs in that game or something like that? It something was a pretty like big dog. Like, they weren't supposed to win that game anyways. We, I think we were already going to cover the Super Bowl, but I think I was already trying to make adjustments to my trip. Like, oh, i got to get up there a day earlier for media even, day and all that. I don't even know where the Super Bowl is this year. LA? No, that was last year, right? Well, I don't even know. This year's in Glendale. Arizona. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But anyway, point being, like, it felt like... And who played in the AFC? Who did the Chiefs beat? Was it the Patriots? In the AFC Championship game 2017? Oh, man. I don't remember. I don't remember. I anyway, mean, we can go look it up. But regardless, you that was... To answer your question, that was the last time I was super excited. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Safe to say. 713-212-579. We'll get to you guys on the phone lines next. Ronnie, hold tight. Uh, More in the trenches after this. Going along here in the trenches. Sports Talk 790. Andy's off today. Ross Miller else hanging with us. Noah Fouts as well. And uh, both guys are fist pumping in the studio. Got the club turning up on a Monday. Yeah, I'm getting, my, I'm getting my glow sticks out of my uh, backpack here. I'll be right back. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll be I'll be dancing with glow sticks if the Texans could pull off a move where they sign Sean Payton, trade oh for my Sean God. Payton, get Bryce Young. We will be off See, and running. I think I, I don't. Don't you think if enough teams are interested, right? It's supposed to be Denver, Arizona, Houston, I think was the first three teams mentioned. I can't remember whichever NFL reporter it was. I mean, if you're getting into a bidding war, I don't even know that maybe is, is the first, the, the pick that you mentioned, number 12. Yeah. Is that enough? I don't even know if it but would. The Broncos get, have no picks to trade. I don't think it would get into a bidding war because it feels like Sean Payton holds all the cards here. Wherever Sean Payton wants yeah, to go, that's true. he's going to turn well, back to the Saints and go make it work. And the Saints have kind of made it known yeah. they'd like a first-round pick, but at the end of the day, they're, they kind of just have to do whatever whatever's best. For, they have no first-round pick this year. So yeah. if a team is willing to give them, even if it's a back end of the first, they kind of have to take it. Like, yeah, well, um, that's what I'm wondering, actually, is what kind of leverage, who does have the leverage in that way? Because, I mean, if, well, what if leverage. Sean Payton says, I want the Denver Broncos, and the Denver Broncos says, we're not going to give you anything, we'll give you a seventh rounder, then they then they wouldn't do yeah, it, the right? the Saints would say, no, we own his rights right. for the next so, few years. So they and have Sean s- would call Loomis 
and his new owner and be like, guys, let's get on the phone and let's hammer this out. I'm trying to do what's best mm-hmm. for me. I would like to help the Saints out, but Denver, you can't make this hard on the Saints. That's, you want me? We got to get this done. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering because I mean the Saints do have to have some kind of leverage, but I just don't. I don't, honestly don't know what it is because they they he's under contract with them for right. two more years, so they can literally say no. We're okay, take, we're not taking a fourth rounder. We okay. want a first. Well, then yeah, then they do have some. But you, know, you stay retired. Go back and hit the links, Sean. And by the way, I said I said Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud officially declared for the draft. Yes. If Sean loves C.J. Stroud, I'm in too. I mean, either way, whoever yeah. he wants, I'm gonna. Now, if if Sean Payton goes, you know what? I really see something in Will Levis. I'd be like, now hold on, Sean. We gotta talk about this because we're gonna pass on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And if he goes, I think uh, I see a lot of Drew Brees and Will Levis. I'd be like, well, I guess I gotta trust you at this <laughs> okay. point. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I'm with you. Like the excitement level of this franchise, if you got, again, I would give up pick 12 if it meant me getting Sean Payton now. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's a long term contract. I'm giving, like, uh, you're in for the long haul. I want uh-huh. a five, six year yes. deal. Uh, we'll, make, we'll make the money fully guaranteed. That's fine. But um, I also got to pay Casario to go away. That's a lot of money. But whether it's Jeff Ireland, whoever he wants to come in and run the front office, because keep in mind, too, all the other pieces that were attached to Sean Payton. There were rumblings Vic Fangio was going to come be his DC. Like, this thing could turn around in a hurry. That would be awesome. Uh, another guy he's buddies with, who was the old, um, the old Vikings coach that just got fired? Mike Zimmer? Mike um, Zimmer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long-time friend of Sean Payton. I bet he'd come in and run the defense. I mean, there's, there's a lot of pieces here that could turn this thing around very quickly for the Texans. We're talking competency. For the first time ever, competency on Kirby Drive. Yeah, he would instantly be the best coach in franchise history. Best coach in franchise history, possibly best coaching staff in franchise history, and probably. possibly best front office. Uh, no, yeah. Nothing against Rick yeah, Smith well. and, and uh, Casario, but yeah, if you bring in a Jeff Ireland, there's competence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would love it. So, I think it'd be awesome. I think instantly, even think about like season ticket sales. Oh yeah, I mean, you would be, be the, the the phone would be uh, ringing off the hook. Although I suppose they don't do that in 2022. That's what Cal, Cal's got to consider all of this. Like, all this has to be on the table. And again, Sean has to want to come here. If you missed it earlier, we'll have it up on our on the podcast at sports790.com. I had my buddy Larry Holder on earlier. Knows Sean Payton very well. He kind of said the vibe he gets is Sean wants good ownership. And he doesn't really get that vibe from Houston. So, in that aspect, whenever they interview Sean, Cal's got to have that conversation and, and prove to yeah. him and Hannah. I think she'll be part of the process, too. I think they have to prove to Sean that, hey, we're committing to you. You commit to us. This thing's going to work out. And there's another element of this. I guess it doesn't necessarily matter because it's not our money. But what kind of money are you offering Sean Payton to get him to say yes to the Houston Texans shop? Mike Florio said $20 million a year you could <sighs> it, it might get up to. Now, that sounds that ludicrous. Sounds, but, but, I mean, John Gruden got 10 years, $100 million or whatever. Right. John Gruden... From uh, Mike Davis and, yeah. the, and the Raiders. Let me tell you something, Mike. Don't <laughs> check my emails. Okay? All right, Mike. Um, yeah, let me read some some tweets we're getting in. Uh, Teddy Tuck says, if we trade a top 15 pick for Sean Payton, I quit. <laughs> I, I mean. Really? I, I don't think Wait, it's hold, that Wait, hold, hold on. You've been with the Texans franchise <laughs> through yeah. all of this. And Bill and O'Brien and David Cully <laughs> and Lovey Smith, but them hiring a Hall of Fame coach is when you they, draw the line. They traded DeAndre Hopkins for oh, a okay. pair of Crocs. Like, okay, you, that maybe you just love pain and misery, and you're like, you know what? They might actually win. I'm out. And look, there's a chance they get a really good player at number fifteen. 
It could just be another Kenyon Green. Like, come on, man. Like, get me the get me what I know. Green. I don't know who I'm getting at 15, but if I'm getting Sean Payton, that's quantitative. I know I'm getting a damn good coach. If we got Kenyon Green hitting the weights this offseason, please. Something. Get I mean, technique. Work with somebody. Let's get something going. Uh some other tweets coming in. Dune says that number two pick belongs to the new head coach. Is his pick one hundred percent? Not so fast, my friend. Uh, have you met Nick? <laughs> seems always seems to be smartest guy in the room. <sighs> no, he knows how to say a lot of words. Salad. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It's a process, right? And in the process, in you the, have to like, oh my. God. The process and the programs, and one of the things we're looking at, and we're always evaluating at all times, is we're always looking to improve in all facets of the game, whether it be coaching what's or the, or trying to improve the roster. The, the phrase he always uses with with respect to, yeah, you know, and, and when we talk <laughs> about the draft process with respect to the process, I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. my brain hurts. I, it, when he calls it a program. Yeah. Bro, we're not at USC. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, Smith says, I know this is pie in the sky. Is there a possibility that Lamar Jackson is available for trade? Even with the franchise tag, I would trade some picks for him, sign him to the contract he wants to get an offensive co- focus coach. I just feel like, especially how that game played out yesterday with Tyler Huntley, no, I think that kid left it all out there. He's just not very good. Uh, J.K. Dobbins said after the game, if we have Lamar, we win that game. Mm-hmm. I think that did so much more for Lamar's stock with the Ravens yeah. that they're like, crap, we got to pay him. Poor Tyler Huntley. But, hey. yeah, absolutely they win that game. And Lamar Jackson is an absolute game changer. And look, He's if, an I, MVP. if I get Lamar Jackson on, like, a one-year deal, yeah, okay. But, like, I'm not really – like, I'd be a little concerned giving him a big, fat contract what? after he, all those games he just missed. Like, uh, well, what was his injury this year? I don't even know what it is. Foot, he was some sort of leg or foot injury, right? I had somebody ask me that the other day. Like, if the Saints move on from Michael Thomas, would you go get him? I'm like, yeah, yes. if I get on like a one-year deal, but he's going to want a lot of money. And that well. guy just hasn't – he's played like four games in the last two years. Like, it's it's always funny. Like, we think we think of guys – we elevate them in our brains when they're healthy, but then you also have to take into, effect, take into account, like, health has been a problem there. Uh, he played 12 games this year. The Baltimore Ravens were eight and four. He played twelve games last year, fifteen, fifteen before that. And, and oh, then, by the way, and the eighteen games he wasn't he played a starter. This year weren't all that great. He had some bad games this year, Lamar did. Uh seventeen touchdowns, seven interceptions, three rushing touchdowns, seven hundred and sixty four rushing yards, three touchdowns. But that's part I would of his, take him. That's part of his game. Yeah, I would take him. I like him still. I, yes. and, and I've been saying for years they need to get In him a more weapons. Heartbeat, I would take Lamar Jackson. Uh one more tweet. Jones said Hannah makes that call on Coach GM in the ultimate power move. You think she's only in on uniforms? Ha. Huh. Oh, Hannah's running running this franchise. I yeah. think. More than Calbert is. She's or Calhoun. She's definitely more involved than she used to be. Uh, EJ said, who's to say Peyton won't quit on us like he did the Saints? He's just another coach without Drew Brees. That's why he quit. I, I think he really needed a year away. I mean, I, I, he wanted to separate himself. I th- he felt like the train had run its course with New Orleans. He'd been there a long time. Mm-hmm. So to say, like, who's to say he's just going to quit on us? If Sean Payton wants to come here for 12 years and then quit on us, yes. That's what he just <laughs> did to the Saints. So, yeah, he's 59 years old. You can probably get him for a nice decade. Yeah. And he's a, a good coach with a proven track record. Like, what are we talking about? Why are people arguing against Sean Payton? I can't. I, I can't wrap my head around it. And then Teddy said, "For how long does he commit here? If we bring, if we bring him in, uh, how do we hold him unless we pay him out the ass? I mean, that's the problem. You're going to have to pay him a monster salary. But again, that's it. it not saying like the opportunity cost here. Like, you're going to have to give up a." a Maybe that twelfth pick. You're going to have to pay him. Want to make him one of the highest paid coaches in in all of football? 
But you don't think this thing would get better with Sean Payton? Come on. 713-212-5798. One more segment to go here in the trenches. Here in the trenches, Sports Talk 790. One more segment to go. Uh, we're talking about possibilities Sean Payton and the Saints or, or, or the Texans. And um, by the way, the Texans did complete an interview with Jonathan Gannon over the weekend, third time through the process. Uh, an NFL player told Aaron Wilson, JG can stand in front of the room and lead. I could definitely see him getting a head coaching job, building a winner. Hopefully, Houston is the right spot for him and it's a great fit. Again, if that's your guy, that's your guy. But I've been saying swing for the fences. If I got to give up the 12th pick to go get Sean Payton and bring in Jeff Ireland, mm-hmm. see Nick Casario, it's going to cost me a lot of money from Cal McNair, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. Uh, so somebody on Twitter just said, hey, I'm in for the next decade. And, and you know what? We'll take Bryce Young. If he don't work out, we'll get Arch Manning in a couple years. Whatever it is, we'll, we'll get this thing rolling. Somebody DM'd me too. He said, what's Sean Payton's record the last five years? Uh, 58 and 23. That's... <laughs> Is that it's bad? Pretty outstanding. Okay, what's the Texans record the last five years? Uh, Let's not look at that. Not even the opposite of that. I think they've won less than twenty three. Probably. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I just like to get full on competence level over there on Kirby with with Sean Payton and who he would bring in. That's that's worth a season ticket price. Alone. You should put that on the seven ninety account. Would you take Sean Payton for the number twelve overall pick? Yeah, and again, I gotta have guarantees. Like it's got to include a fat. A lengthy oh, of course. contract with him like that. He's not just going to jump ship in a year or two. But. Do, do we know? I mean, so coaches' salaries are not generally public, I guess. Do we you have a list it. of those contracts? You can find them somewhere? Most of them. Okay. Yeah. I think Belichick is the one that's kind of been, you can't really get a clear mm-hmm. answer on. But, mm-hmm. uh, Unless you're the IRS. Yeah, seven one Let's get Larry and Stafford in here, see what he's thinking. Larry, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Chris? Hey, man, uh, let me ask you something. Who do you think is a better football coach, Gary Kubiak or Sean Payton? I, and I don't want to disrespect. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect Gary Kubiak. He's he obviously the tenure of time had a nice run in in Houston, but Sean Payton to me is hands down. I mean, the guy perennially went 11, 12, 13 wins with the Saints, won a Super Bowl with them, had some heartbreaking playoff losses, but he still got them to all those playoff runs. Uh, to me, it's Sean Payton. So you think Sean Payton is better than Gary Kubiak? Gary Kubiak has multiple Super Bowl games, and his offensive system is off the Bill Walsh tree, which is ten times better than Sean Payton's system. And you're saying that you're willing to give up a twelfth pick for Sean Payton? Is that what I heard you say? It's going to take at least a first rounder to get him, and unfortunately, the Texans don't have like the twenty third pick or the twenty eighth pick. So it's, it's what it's going to cost. Okay. They can give the New Orleans Saints the first-round pick in 2025. We have been on this radio station for the last three years talking about how the Texans are devoid of talent. And you get that talent by having draft picks. And you, you have two picks in the top 15. You use those picks on taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud at quarterback. And you take Addison and Quinn Johnson or somebody at that 12th pick and then in that 33rd pick, you go after Bijan or whatever running back that's there, and you put some talent on this team, and you can go out and find a coach, D'Amico Ryan or Ben Johnson or Gannon or somebody that can put a program together over there that could be the equivalent to what Sean Payton. 
I'm not giving up no first-round pick this year or the next year for no damn Sean Payton when I can go out and get somebody that can give me the same kind of production. I know that yeah. he's what? a good coach. Hold on, hold on. No, we're not holding on, Larry. Hi, Larry. It's Ross. We haven't talked in a while. I hope you're doing well. Um, do, are you it's, you saying that Gary Kubiak is a better coach than Sean Payton? Is that Do I have that correct? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely I, I damn sure do think Gary Kubiak is a better coach than, than Sean Payton. And, 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 you're, okay. and, we're basing this, and we're basing this off of Sean Payton winning one Super Bowl. Sean Payton also, you said that he needed some time away from the Saints. His ass had some time away from the Saints when he was suspended for, for uh, 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 Bounty Gate. Let's and see. Okay, he, hold on. I'm pulling it up here, uh, friend. We have nine seasons for Sean Payton in the playoffs. Uh, as an NFL head coach, Gary Kubiak, three seasons in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Three, nine to three. Any thoughts on that? Gary Kubiak in Houston, he didn't make the, the playoffs as much as he should have. But Gary Kubiak overall, overall, when you, when you put in his Denver experience, when you put in his assistant head coaching experience up in Denver, he is just, if, if he's not better than Sean Payton, He's on par with Sean Payton. But if we want to just talk systems, if we just want to talk systems, we see what Gary Kubiak and Bill Walsh and Mike Shanahan system do in the National Football League. But Sean Payton, I'm not disparaging him as a, a good coach. What I'm saying is I'm not giving up capital to get him when I know that I need players on this team. Sean Payton can sit his ass in that Fox studio and continue to get paid. Now, if you want to come coach, and it doesn't cost us a pick until 2025, I'm all in. But I'm not giving up no 12th pick in this year's draft for him in our house. Right, okay, that, uh, we'll, we'll that's ridiculous. Disagree. It's absurd. You have if you only have one first round pick, perhaps I could see the argument. You have multiple first round picks, and the the thing with draft capital is you're looking to improve the team in any way possible. Now, any one player taking number twelve overall isn't going to be guaranteed to be an All Pro player. Now, there are a lot of uh, Pro Bowl level players that you can take there, but there are no guarantees. I know that Sean Payton is a, is a really good coach, and by the way, I, I'm sorry that is just ridiculous to try to argue that Gary Kubiak is a better coach than Sean Payton. That is not true. 52% winning percentage for Gary, 61% winning percentage for Sean Payton. Sean Payton's won 152 career games. Gary Kubiak won 82. I'm seeing nine 10 win seasons or more for um, for our good friend Sean Payton and three for Gary Kubiak. And what, what, what killed me, that the throwaway line Larry had in there was, we could go get anybody to do with Sean Payton. Did. No, like, just saying D'Amico Ryans or whoever, like, Ben Johnson, these are all gambles. These are exactly. unknowns. You Sean Payton's a known. How you can know you even Sean make Payton that is. statement? Well, you can just go get a coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah these All these great head coaches are just uh, like growing off of trees. That's ridiculous. And look, I, I have faith in D'Amico. I think he's going to be good, but we just don't know. It's That's the problem. If you're, if you're banking on a Sean Payton, you know that guy's going to come in and have success. Now, if that success is just... Winning some AFC South title games or South titles and getting the Texans back to double digit wins every year. Guess what? I'd absolutely sign me up for that. Absolutely take that. All right. That's God, gonna do I'm sorry. This. My brain's recovering. That's going to do this edition of In the Trenches, Sports Talk 790. Uh, more Ross coming your way next. He's on with Matt Thomas from Los Angeles. Houston Rockets, 10 game losing streak. Woof. Matt Thomas show coming your way next.